Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. It's a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, midweek, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Ah, I don't know. Hackers, maybe? Hackers. Hackers. Uh, there's a, a big gas shortage on the East Coast now, thanks to the, the pipeline hack, I guess. There's a run on gas. Long lines. One out of five Atlanta gas stations, Atlanta being the biggest city in the south. One out of five gas stations ran out of gas yesterday. Wow. In the biggest city in all of the south. Holy cow. That's amazing. In the 21st century, Merca. Yeah. That's why we need wind-powered cars and solar cars. You know, the very, very few electric car drivers in the southeast are probably uh, laughing heartily at this point. (laughs) Um, so I was thinking more about this. So we've got a clip uh, we can play from somebody or other dancing around whether or not ransomware was paid by this uh, pipeline company. Biggest pipeline in America. I'd never heard the name of it, or I certainly didn't have it memorized. Um, was kind of doing its thing on its own without people paying much attention to it. Gets hacked. The, the bad guys apparently say, give us who knows how much. How much of these, uh, how much are the amounts usually? Depends on the institution. Whatever they ask for, I'm guessing, was too low, given the result. And and their statement seems to indicate that they didn't think that they could do this much damage. But anyway, um, so if they ask for money, we, we talked about this yesterday, and I was trying to figure out, should there be a government fund to pay these? or uh, what, What's a good way to handle this? And uh, they, uh, How about this idea? Because that one doesn't make sense. How about this idea? Just if you attack our major infrastructure, we treat it as an attack. And we are going to come after you as if you blew up our pipeline. Yeah, I see that. Although if it's so people you know, are just physically scared to do it, because if we figure out who you are, we're going to take you out. Oh, go like a Israeli commando. On yeah. It. Yeah. Send in the seals. Yeah, I suppose so. I, this hacking group appears to be, although it's difficult to say with any certainty, but the, the conventional wisdom is it's just a criminal enterprise. But we gotta have it might s- be three guys. We, we, don't know. we have to have some sort of deterrence, though. We can't just pay the ransoms and let them do damage and just let that continue. That's not an option. Well, I, I don't think anybody is choosing that exactly, but, I mean, you can say we're going to hunt you down and kill you, but then you have to hunt them down and kill them. Well, fine. Let's do it. Yeah, it's easier said than done. But I mean, you, sure got you, three, right... you got three guys somewhere in Eastern Europe. Who may or may not be at the IP address that you first found. Oh, they're guaranteed not Sometimes to Sometimes right? you get the wrong guy if you're the Mossad. You send a message, though. Don't, oh, blank, gee, don't blank with the Israelis. <laughs> That's what the Israelis want you to know. Hey, don't blank with us. We'll get you or, and somebody who looks like you. But we're going to get you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I remember when some uh, somebody got killed or... A, beaten or in prisons one of those far off countries and i heard henry kissinger say we need to send the message to the world that if you hurt an american anywhere in the world 
you are going to pay a terrible price for it. I do think we need to have more of that in us. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, with you know, with some level of restraint. I feel like we're going to pay the ransom. Dang it, that sucks. And fix our pipeline and wait till the next time they attack somebody, something. I disagree. I think Joe Biden's donned his aviator shades. He's on Air Force One right now flying to Romania where he's going to kick some ass. Romania? Sure. I saw a castle in Transylvania yesterday. I didn't know Transylvania was really a country. Oh, yeah. It's a country? It's, it's a region, isn't it, of uh, yeah, it's not a former country, something or other? It's near Romania, isn't it? Isn't it yeah. that part of the world? Yeah. Anyway, the it, castle it that inspired Dracula was, for some reason, was in the news from uh, Transylvania. Oh, it's a classic. Blah. Sure, sure. Little boys uh, click on the internet. They want to read that, just like we did. Vlad the Impaler, right? I guess. I don't know. Um, oh, I do. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we got the pipeline story we can talk about. Um, I'm 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 exhausted by all the politics stuff. I have no sense of how many people pay attention to that. Nobody in my real life pays attention to this stuff. That doesn't mean you, the radio talk radio listener, does or doesn't, but nobody in my real life pays to. Nobody in my real life that I talked to like in the last three days would know who Liz Cheney is, let alone be into the story of whether or not she's getting voted out. Yeah. So I, I find it hard to judge those kind of things. The uh, you know the, the the news networks and the newspapers get very excited about, it, and especially if you got Trump's name attached to it in any way. Absolutely, it's a pro-Trump, anti-Trump fight, and they're desperate for their clickbait. CNN has lost fully half. I got to find the stats. I have them around here somewhere. Of uh, half of the audience has gone from CNN. They've had devastating uh, drops in uh, viewership, and so they're desperate for Trump to be back have in, you- in any form. Have you seen the videos of the people coming across the Rio Grande into the United States? It's I have. absolutely incredible. And they and they get across and they like all cheer together. We made it. Because they know they're in. Because they know they're in because we've sent word to the world that if you can just get your foot on soil, you're in. We aren't going to send you back. You've made it to the greatest country that's ever existed in terms of having an opportunity and having safety. Yeah, as long as you have a, a kid with you, or a family unit or whatever, you're in. Yeah, sure. How, how does the Biden... the message must go out? You cannot come where the border is closed, says the the lion uh, HHS guy. How does the Biden administration not get that? If your policy is if you get here, you get to stay. You're going to have people rushing the border all day, all night. Yeah. Until you until you stop saying that. Yeah. It seems so obvious, doesn't it? But... Well, yes. Well, and 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 there it is unfolding in front of us. And they've had weeks and weeks to to make fundamental changes to what's happening. But what are you going to do? The alternative is to do some of the stuff that Trump did. And they don't feel like they can do that. So it's like having an open vault full of money and telling everybody, look, it's illegal to take that money. Do not take that money. That is not yours. It's illegal. You will not be allowed to carry away money. But if you walk over there and take some of it out of it, we're not going to prosecute you for it. And you get to keep the money. And by the way, you can watch videos all day long of people carrying money out of that vault. But the message must go out. The money cannot be taken. It's just idiotic. You know, speaking of idiotic, it's teamwork that makes the dream work, and that's why we introduce everybody in the squad. There's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, slipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. Going back to that pipeline story, I'm going to tell you this. Our government is lying to us. I'll bet that pipeline was hacked by two 16-year-olds that are computer geniuses that are just not in school right now. <laughs> They're bored. They were on They're Zoom. They're bored. They're just, you know, they do, they do this and they scalp PlayStation 5s. 
But the government's going to blame it on Russia or something like that. I would love to hear from the hackers them saying either it was really difficult. I mean, this was our most challenging job or saying it was crazy. It's like it's like we were trying to hack into the local 7-Eleven. I mean, it was just amazing. The password was password one. We couldn't believe it. First try. <laughs> There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. Are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Uh, new HBO documentary uh, dropped yesterday. Uh, first two episodes, I don't even really know how many they were planning on doing, but each one was more than an hour and a half. I don't know if they filled out the full two hours, but it's called The Crime of the Century. It is about the opioid crisis and uh, kind of pushing back against the narrative that this was a crisis, right? A crisis is just a thing that kind of happens. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh no, we're, we are in the crisis. No, this was much more a deliberate act uh, based on a, uh, that required a series of criminal acts in order to implement. And uh, it's, it's fabulous. I love it. I uh, can't wait to watch more. I like that. There's a number of those in my lifetime that it ha- have happened that they call a crisis at the time and look back on as a crisis, like the housing crisis when it would crash. No, that was a man-made People did bad things to make that happen. It wasn't just like it wasn't like a hurricane that hit. What well, are yeah, you gonna the, do? The dots are perfectly connectable. And same with the opioid thing, according to this documentary. That's that's really interesting. I'm just shocked that anybody would accuse Big Pharma of dishonesty or politicians of uh, turning a blind eye to this sort of thing. Yeah, that too. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on Wednesday, May twelfth, the year twenty twenty one. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. Let's begin then officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Well, this is one of our favorite sporting events every year. Russian President Vladimir Putin plays in a hockey game with professional players, and every year he does amazing. Really? Yeah. In this game, he scores eight goals. One shot was blocked, and uh, the goalie was later accidentally run over by a Zamboni. Because he's a murderous dictator, you see. And and everybody knows it. <laughs> yes. And everybody knows it is the point of the whole thing. <laughs> right. For Putin. That right. everybody knows, if you cross me, I'll kill you. Everybody in the world knows that. Okay? Exactly. So that's a, to back to your point. Your reign of terror you would like to inflict on uh, yeah. any yes. region that harbors uh, hackers. Yes, Hacker harbors. Exactly. I, I saw some of the footage of the game. It looks like they're playing in slow motion. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, he's 60-some years old now, right? Had some decent stick work. Like, he got one goal in top shelf, right? It's not easy to lift a puck like that. Maybe, you you know. I'm not doubting he's an athletic 65-year-old, but he's still a (laughs) 65-year-old. Somebody's got to just elbow him right in the head There was these games. There was one goal where the goalie seemed to fall down, and I'm not sure what caused it other than the fact that I don't know if it would have gone in if he didn't. Somebody, what if somebody just steals the puck from him, takes it all the way down the ice, scores? Every time he starts down there, just (laughs) take his puck. Exactly. How long would you live? Would you live long enough to get home? Put a glove in his face and just steal the puck. <laughs> no, a guy would feel the, the, the steely sting of a dart in his neck. Oh, jeez. You know, before they drop the puck again. Drink from this water bottle. But I'm not thirsty. Drink from the water bottle. Our whole family will drink from it. Oh, yeah, geez. that's what the pooter would say. Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, I got a question for you. So you are, by definition, listening to this show right now, if you can hear me. Um <laughs> So far, so good. Checks. Uh, are, are you Checks are you interested in the Liz Cheney story at all? Does it mean anything to you? Text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. I'd like to know four one five two nine five KFTC. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's very good. The insight, the wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, insight and wisdom. Well, how would you tune out from that? It's a little redundant and repetitive. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. 
So Sean was just showing me a video of a woman somewhere where they got gas shortages or fear of gas shortages because of the pipeline hack. She's trying to fill up like plastic, like the bags they give you at Target <laughs> with gas and put them in bags, the, not jugs, no, but the plastic bags? bags with gas and put them in the trunk of her car. And she has one, and it kind of splits open. I think it would just disintegrate the bag is what would happen. But anyway, the bag uh. kind of splits open, so she tries to double bag it. And then she just ties like a knot in the top of the bag. Like it's a Chinese takeout order. Like it's your sweet and sour pork. And then she puts a bag of gas in the trunk of her car, a bunch she, of bags. Holy. I, I don't know how she possibly. I'm going to go out and get a bag of gas, honey. <laughs> I don't know how she doesn't think that's going to spill all over. Or how you're going to put it in the tank from the bag or... How do you have money to own a car with that level of intellect? That's Class what I A, moron. Where'd you get wow. the car? Wow. I mean, a bag of gas? Not a, not a milk jug, not a, a milk carton, not a Tupperware container. This is partially why I'm unmoved by the Golden Globes partially being canceled. How is there a better tale of the, the plight of humanity than this video that I just watched? <laughs> right. That's scary. Mailbag. Find a container, a plastic container of some sort. Our freedom-loving quote of the day comes via alert listener Nick, who sent us along the quote from G. Michael Hopf, who is an author. He was a United States Marine, among other things, and he's uh, written a series of like post-apocalyptic books. But he's the guy, evidently, who said, Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. It may be an impossible cycle to break. I think it probably is, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, Nick has a number of thoughts on the topic. Uh, maybe we'll get to that in a little later. Uh, in length a little later. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, Alan writes... Evidently, he went to the A&G swag shop at armstrongandgetty.com. His email says, men's shirts need pockets. Sorry, no pocket, no sale. Okay. Fan of pocketed t-shirts, I guess. We got a lot of text response on the, are you into the Liz Cheney story or not? You know, I'll go through them next segment. Yeah, I'm curious to hear the results. Interesting sprinkling. Hanson, add some pocket tees, would you? Or else Alan will buy nothing. What do you do with the pocket in your t-shirt? You put a pen or pencil in there or something? Just have it. I don't know. Mm. It seems cigarettes. odd to be that insistent about it. I have pocket tees and I like them. But Maybe cigarettes. I pr- I, I don't. I prefer no pocket. But that's I, just me. I have never spent a single second thinking about it. Really? Some have pockets, some don't. <laughs> I wear them both. Of course, I'm a middle child. I bring people together. Moving along, uh, is this Jane uh, wants to uh, make clear that I, Joe Getty, have been inaccurate. Hawaii has passed California going backward as the worst state for getting kids back in school. Okay, so California's 49th. Hawaii, which has almost no COVID and is very, very blue, has gone even stupider than stupid, stupid California. Congratulations, Hawaii. Mm. That's something. Uh, moving along. Ah, it's a uh, frequent correspondent, Amani. I was listening to your discussion the other day regarding the lack of an ability to understand dynamic systems by some. It immediately reminded me of an exchange I had with an individual about climate change. 
where I was simply trying to add the context of deep geologic time to the exchange. Instead of having what should be a rational discussion, the dude began to act defensively. So I'd walked up and taken a leak through the front doors of his religious church that he was a devout follower of. I never said he was wrong. I merely brought up evidence of severe climate change events in the Earth's history because they're interesting that occurred before humans existed. Also tried to discuss national, natural drivers of climate change. Uh, talked about uh, mass extinctions, ice ages, the Earth's tilt on its axis, rotation of the sun, sunspots. He immediately began to accuse me of being brainwashed by big oil and doing their work by spreading these ideas. The ex- exchange went from a discussion to insane. He became visibly angry, so he stopped. I knew he was a big consumer of Apple products, so I could have pantsed him right there by letting him know that by purchasing those products he loves so much, he's fueling a Chinese economy that's firing up dirty coal plants daily, polluting waterways, and using slave labor. But there would be no point to that. <laughs> so I didn't. I would never, on any under any circumstances, engage somebody in that conversation in the real world. It is so interesting, though, how, how politics and... You know, that the whole tribal identity thing has become the new religion and people react, act and react in ways that are typical of, um, you know, religious groups, cults, whatever. People's reaction to my question, are you into the Liz Cheney story? And uh, if it turns out most people aren't, uh, we won't belabor it. Also, looking at people who haven't gotten the vaccine yet, are you planning to get it or not? And a bunch of other stuff we got to talk about. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So this is just moments ago, then we'll go through some of the text. Do you care about this story or not? And it's the, the text. The texts are kind of interesting. But this is Liz Cheney, uh, still a House member. People need to understand. She's still the representative from Wyoming. She's just not part of the leadership in the Republican Party anymore. She got voted out a few minutes ago, and she went right to the microphone. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. We- so there you go. Mm. And uh, so that's that. So we asked a question, because I don't, in, in my real life, nobody's talking about this. Cable news acts like it's the biggest thing in the world, and I often have time trouble figuring out, is this important or not, or is this just, you know, a manufactured story that most people aren't interested in. Keeping in mind, most cable news shows have hundreds of thousands of people watching them nationwide. <laughs> I mean, right. they're tiny. Uh, but anyway, on text line, asking that questions. Uh, I listen to eight hours of talk radio a day, and I'm mildly interested. Yes, about Liz Cheney. Kick the trader out. It's time to send a message to the traders. Uh, no. Please, no election talk. I would actually like to understand why getting rid of Liz Cheney is a big deal to leadership. As a real conservative, why are they trying so hard to get rid of her? We can talk about that in a second, I suppose. Sure. Uh, it means the continued downward spiraling of the Republican Party and the following of the tangerine or blah, blah, blah. So that's that person's take. Liz Cheney represents the part of the Republican Party that is clinging on by their fingernails to the idea that extreme liberalism should be met with moderation and passivity. So, yes, I'm paying attention. So those two people should get in a parking lot and fight those last two people. I'd pay a dollar to see that. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> as long as, you know, a good matchup. We'll give you booze and then throw water on top of you. Yes. Interested in Cheney and will be disappointed in the reps if they vote her out. Well, that already happened. So we're trying to figure out, was it a secret vote and what was the vote? Uh, I would like to know that. If anybody it it knows was the a secret ballot. I know that. You know it's a secret yeah. ballot? And yeah. I would like to hear the numbers as soon as they come out. You can't talk about Liz. if you ba- You can talk about Liz if you balance it out with updates on the Arizona ballot audit. I don't think we're probably going to do that. 
The so-called drama about Liz Cheney is manufactured by the press and interesting only to Washington Insiders. Stop it, please. You guys wow. will all make it entertaining regardless. Well, thank you oh, very much. Oh, how kind of you. Thank you, yes. I live in North Carolina, way more interested in the gas problems than Liz. It's already a done deal. We got back-to-back here. We got yes, yes, Liz, Liz Cheney. No, Liz Cheney, your show is better without this stuff. Yes, I want to see the Republicans have some backbone. No, not interested in the Liz Cheney. I don't know if I've learned anything from this. I'm fairly plugged into politics. I know who Liz Cheney is. I still don't care about the story. That's kind of where I am on it, but... I, I, I'm not. It, Liz Cheney doesn't matter to me in particular. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to remember who's the number three Democrat in the House. I mean, I, mean, I, I got uh, Nancy and Steny Hoyer. Oh, positive Sean is. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. I see. Well, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. That would explain your mysterious absences during voting. So during votes, <laughs> floor votes. Uh, the only reason I'm interested in it is be- clearly is because there is a chunk of the Republican Party, including the electorate, that thinks. The good of Trump outweighed the bad, or they love him. Okay, And then you've got a significant chunk of conservatives and Republicans who thought the bad of Trump outweighed the good, and if the Republican Party's going to last, it needs to move on to something else. And there's a, there's a war between those two sides, and it's going to be interesting to see it play out. Yeah, but that's all you really need to say about that. what happened just now, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, the leadership of the party has decided to not alienate uh, the pro-Trump crowd by letting Liz Cheney uh, gripe about him. Heading into the election. Right, exactly. Next Unified year. front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the House, it's always about the next election. Starting the day after the election, it's all about the next election. Right. Which I can't live my life that way. People who are in politics do, but... But I'm sorry, wait, though. When does it become about uh, doing what's good for the American people? I don't think in the House ever. Right. Ever. Uh, so you got a chunk of Americans that haven't got vaccinated yet. Why haven't they? Because they can't afford an Uber or Lyft ride, 30, according to the president. Of those of you who haven't gotten a, a vaccinated yet, will you get the shot? 34% definitely won't. So that crowd has uh, stayed fairly steady. The crowd that just ain't going to get a shot. Probably won't is 27%. Then the most interesting to me is the probably will at 27%. It's been out for months. Every state has got more than they can give away. You can get a shot in any of 50 places near you today. So probably will is kind of like, I probably will get my taxes done. I knew the due date. I have to get them done. Why haven't I yet? (laughs) I mean, there's just no explaining it. I probably will start working out soon. And I really like the 11% definitely will. Oh, I'm absolutely going to get the shot. Just unless somebody brings it to my house during a moment I have free, like a commercial break during a show or something. Well, again, this is the crowd that can't afford an Uber or Lyft ride, which is why the president boldly, uh, this was so exciting, announced that they were he was working with Uber and Lyft to give free rides to get vaccinations. I haven't heard a single syllable uttered about people who would get the shot. They just... They can't get there. <laughs> what? I don't have the $4 to get to the Uber Lyft over there. Uh, yeah. Or a so. cab or a bus or walk or, or get a ride from somebody. No, hmm. no. I don't know if we're ever going to get the rest of those people. Anywho. Yeah. Um, I have a terrifying story to talk about, but I'm okay. not sure it's a good idea. I think it might ruin the show. It ruin everybody's day. Um, and that's not our business. That's not why we're here. We are going to get to later in the program, can you have more than 150 friends? It's called the Dunbar Effect. It has been believed for a long time. 
that you can only have 150 friends. There is now a, a pushback on that in the academic world. And we'll get into the details of that. It's really pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Plus, we all grieve differently. Some people cry. Some people laugh. Some people take an SUV and try to run over mourners at a funeral. <laughs> Oof. It's, you know, it's a very individual thing. We'll talk about that story as well. You know, on the subject of um, stories, do you talk about them or not? Jonah Goldberg tweeted out something last night, and I, th- I, I agreed with him. And it was very interesting. He said, I turned on all the primetime cable news shows tonight, and not one of them led with what's going on in Israel. Israel and the, the Israelis and Palestinians are at it just like they have been every so often my entire life. Uh, but as Jonah Goldberg pointed out a couple decades ago, that would have led every newscast. It just did. It always did. It always mystified me a little bit as to why it was the lead story in the world when they started going at it again for a little while because it always ended up the same way. They'd kill each other for a while and then it would stop for kind of mysterious reasons and then it would start sure. up again. Uh, nothing ever got solved, um, but we just we're just not interested anymore. I don't know if it's because we're just not interested in the Middle East anymore, or if it's because we only care about our own personal politics and you know pronouns and Trump and Black Lives Matter and uh, our own problems. Just we just can't get worked up about foreign policy stories anymore. Well, and I would also point out that the uh, you know Arab-Israeli thing was always at the very top of the foreign policy goals of every administration. Right, dealing with that. Trying to now, solve it. It's, you know, it's mentioned occasionally. I think there's also an element of there's no solving it. I just think uh, I, that's one of the reasons. You know, I don't want to see people die, and it's it's an interesting story. So I've been following it, but I, I, I don't think there's any solving it. So I don't see any point in getting worked up about it. I guess. Boy, it ramped up yesterday. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. They're firing rockets and missiles at each other like crazy hundreds of them. Oh, yeah. It's it wild. I can't, it'd be really something to live in a country where you regularly have to run to the bomb shelters and hope the technology of your government, much of it paid for by the United States, um, uh, if not all of it, um, that your, the technology of your government stops those missiles from raining down on your head or your school or your business. That's a heck of a way to live. Right, and it could happen any time. Maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe in five years, but it'll happen. Yeah, that's something. But we don't care anymore, so you know, I'm not going to try to make you care, but times change. Yeah, yeah. I hate to be cold or cynical, but there are, there are brutal conflicts all over the world right now. There are so many people trying to kill each other right now. Uh, it would take the entire show to list them. We are vaccinating. What a cheery note that is. We are vaccinating 2.2 million people a day at this point, which is a lot. And um, there's another text line question for you that I might get to the answers at some point. If you haven't got the vaccination, is it, I want to hear from the people that pl- will get it. You're not anti-vax. You just haven't got around to it. Because I know a couple of people like that. And it's just kind of funny. It's just yeah, I just. I don't know. I feel like I'd have to look something up and figure it out and figure out what day I got free. And I just I just haven't yet. Well, yeah, but I I can kind of understand that because the push factors are kind of weak at this point, especially with so many people vaccinated. And, you know, you're young, you're reasonably healthy. You're thinking, all right, even if I get it, there's less than a one percent chance I'll get really sick. So, yeah, I'll get to it. But uh, there's a ball game on this afternoon I want to see. (laughs) Sixty percent of adults have gotten at least one shot. Um, at some point, we need to talk about this hilarious story about the how old was the guy that passed himself off as a woman? 
that story. He is a 50-year-old divorced dad who is all the rage on the Internet pretending to be like a 16-year-old hottie girl. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Who ordered uh, the catfish? <laughs> among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has just announced the class of 2021. Tina Turner gets a spot in the hall. So does Carol King. And it's too late, baby, now it's too late. Jay-Z. I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman. And Foo Fighters. The hall also welcomes Todd Rundgren. Hello, it's me. And the Go-Go's. So there you go. The Rock and Mildly Roll interesting tourist trap welcomes new list of musicians. Yeah, having uh, had a chance to visit it when we went to Trump's um, convention, I, I would not go out of my way to go to the Rock. If I were in Cleveland, I wouldn't go again unless I was with somebody who hadn't been and wanted to see it. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it, and just the whole idea of it's a little silly. And I, and I love music. but I, This yeah. is uh, pretty new news. So in recent hours, Israel has killed several Hamas commanders with strikes. And now Hamas is really lobbing missiles at Israel and back and forth. So it's the hottest fighting that has occurred in many, many years between the two sides. And wow. Israel has taken out the Hamas leaders. And both sides have vowed this will be ongoing punishment of the evildoers. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that. Wow. So we got this note from the always interesting Paolo. He says, you guys mentioned Gavin Newsom's anti-recall money giveaway, but I don't think you mentioned it includes illegal immigrants. It certainly does. Yeah. Uh, they're going to give away billions of dollars in the state of Cal Unicornia, including families with dependent children, including undocumented families. Now, where's all this money coming from? Paolo mentions the Wall Street Journal reported in February this year there's been enough money printed since February of last year to increase the money supply by 26%. And more is already baked in for 2021, and there will be still more spending than that if the spending fiends get their way. Uh, and then he says, not to worry, though, it's just a ham-handed attempt to carry out Lenin's brilliant plot to destroy capitalism. And he sent along a link to a long piece in The Atlantic. John Lennon? But I repeat myself. Of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yoko, John, yes, the, those those people. No, Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, Donnie. Um, and this is uh, Lenin describing how to kill capitalism or a market economy. He said, and this is in 1919, hundreds of thousands of ruble notes are being issued daily by our treasury. This is done not in order to fill the coffers of the state with practically worthless paper, but with the deliberate intention of destroying the value of money as a means of payment. There's no justification for the existence of money in the Bolshevik state where all the necessities of life shall be paid for by work alone. Long story short, they knew even after the revolution, the profit motive would reanimate a capitalist economy. So they had to crush it by completely debauching the currency. Wow. I, you know, I, I almost would feel better if I thought that's the reason they were doing it and not just incompetent band aid without forethought attempts. Just trying to, to win the next election yeah, through being ex- Santa Claus. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, it, it is something, though, that we are just replicating Lenin's playbook for whatever reasons. Since you brought up California, the rest of the country should uh, really appreciate that. So California, it now looks like, is going to have a $75 billion surplus. And your tax money in other states added $42 billion to, to our surplus. So of that $75 billion, see, there was going to be a 30-some billion dollar surplus even <clears throat> without some of your tax money. But thanks for sending an extra $42 billion extra other states to California to make sure it has a $75 billion surplus. And so, and bailing out all these bad policies. So it's, it's horrible for taxpayers in other states that they have to give money to a state that was going to have plenty of money anyway, right. or bail out their problems. And if you live in California, all the mismanagement of us, so many things gets covered up with this bailout. Right. And so just continue to spend more money than you take in. Ah, so The gravy train keeps it rolling. So One more maddening. quote from Lenin that I want to, to, to dovetail with something Jack just said, but the simplest way to exterminate the very spirit of capitalism is therefore to flood the country with notes of a high face value without financial guarantees of any sort. The guy who would end market economies. Now, Getting back to the Biden policy is funny. I was just reading about this very thing. Uh, there are all sorts of utterly ridiculous, unenforceable aspects to the giant uh, cash giveaway that they're talking about, the $2 trillion one. And one of them, let me uh, scroll down to that section. One of them is to forbid states from lowering taxes because they got federal money. You can't use the federal money to lower taxes. Even if you don't need it, you got to keep your taxes up for some reason. But if you can somehow, through accounting jujitsu or whatever, convince the federal government, and this is if you understand the idea that money is fungible. I mean, it's, if, if you give money to an entity... It doesn't matter which department you gave it to if it's able to switch money around from within departments, right? Or department to department. Anyway, so if you can prove to the federal government that you offset the lower taxes with spending cuts or another source of revenue, not with the federal money, you offset it a different way, then you can keep all the federal money that that flowed in. Fun, the best way to understand fungible to me was a joke David Letterman used to tell all the time about uh, a beggar guy on the street saying, could I have, have some money to buy some food? And you say to the beggar, well, you're just going to take the money and use it. You're going to buy booze with it. Oh, I got drinking money. <laughs> that is the best way to understand fungible to me that exists. Yeah. Yeah. I worry, man. Inflation how is, is is devastating? <laughs> if this all goes to hell, and like there's just this, the biggest economic crisis we've ever had in our nation's history by far, it's not going to be difficult to figure out what was going on. Um, the the whole California thing is crazy. So stuff like the hundred and fifty billion dollar bullet train that should die probably won't die because it's being propped up by the federal government and states all across the country. And all, there's all, all kinds of great examples. Yeah. It's just awful. It's it terrible. Uh, you got inflation already beginning in several sectors. You have uh, uh, employees who won't come back to work, and we're going to add $2 trillion to that? That's suicidal.
Boy, here's the latest on the pipeline. This morning, 71% of stations in Metro Charlotte are dry. Holy crap. Nearly three quarters of the gas stations in Metro Charlotte are dry today. That's yeah, I, something. I understand the uh, the pipeline overseeing board might make a ruling as of tonight as to whether they can gear back up and open back up and get the oil, the, the gas flowing. But, and uh, you know, I just read an expert saying uh, the, the there is a pandemic starting of uh, ransomware. And he said the, the threat is not imminent. It is upon us. There is a pandemic of ransomware happening right now. You don't hear about a lot of it because a lot of it is handled quietly. The town, the hospital, the company just pays off the ransomware guys and prays a different gang doesn't come after them next week. Well, thank God this is just people going after money and it's not China or Russia or whoever shutting off our gas, shutting off our cell phones as they attack us in some way. Although they're studying the hackers and what they're doing and how they're doing it as as hard as they can. Guaranteed. Wow. 70% of the gas stations dry in a big city, a big, modern, gleaming city like Charlotte. That's incredible. May you live in interesting times. A couple of hackers. Absolutely amazing. We've got so much stuff to talk about today. Our text text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.